tied for the most terrifying day of my life. I was what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, day three of what I am still tentatively calling Month of Monsters. I haven't decided yet. In fact, that was a name that was suggested on Twitter by our guest today. I don't even know if you remember that all those months ago. I absolutely do not. Okay. (laughs) I think it was exactly last year when I joked about doing it. Um, and then this year I finally am actually sitting down and doing it. Um, and I was like, I need a name for this, uh, for this podcast, but I don't know what to call it. And you suggested something like Scooby do it month of monsters and I'm keeping the month of monsters, but I I also have a Scooby do pod cast like a paw print see i'm very i'm very funny people tell me all the time how (laughs) hilarious i am but anyway our guest today is allison from the youtube channel movie nights how's it going hey thanks for having me on here i'm excited yes oh wow i this is the first time that you and i are talking which is very interesting to me. Yeah, I'm glad our first conversation will be about Scooby-Doo, too. It's the way that all <laughs> friendships should start, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, so I think we were introduced... Uh, I can't even remember through who, but just through Twitter. Um, F- it, it was because Peter Knight, I think, was tweeting about Big Wolf on campus, and yes. he was retweeting some stuff I was saying. And of course, you jumped in there, being a big wolf on campus aficionado. <laughs> I, I, it's it's all I want to do in life is is watch that show. Well, I was because I had a previous podcast with a friend of mine, and we were talking about like I thought it would be fun to go through and do uh, a big wolf on campus podcast. Um, but I would I would want someone who is also a fan of the show, like I am, and I and I think just all sorts of different wires crossed, and finally. The, the Twitter sphere linked us and I was like, yes. And we still have never done that podcast, but that's mostly just on me because I don't have any time. <laughs> I, well, I, I am down for it any time. I am probably the Big Wolf on Campus number one fan. Yes. Exciting. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say like... I don't have any time and then like look at exactly what I'm doing right now of watching this movie for 31 days. This is important historical podcasting going on. It is. It's a it's a social experiment as I'm going to No, I don't know what this is going to turn out into, um, but hopefully people like it. But anyway, my first question, uh, as I asked everybody so far, is have you seen this movie prior to this moment? No. Really? I- I thought I had. I saw the first movie when it came out, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and I thought maybe I'd seen the second one. And I, I think maybe still I probably saw, like, a scene on TV switching channels. Like, the stuff in the cabin seemed familiar. Uh-huh. But uh, no, I hadn't. And actually, um, last night, I just rewatched both movies back-to-back. Uh, because I hadn't seen the first one since... since it came out in theaters, basically. And I was like, I don't know if this will hold up, but I need to know what happened in the first one to watch the second one. And I didn't have a lot of time, so I watched both of them. (laughs) (laughs) It was quite the double feature. Now, which one did you prefer? And there is a correct answer. 
Uh, I don't know if I'll be agreeing with you. I like Uh-oh. the first one oh, a lot. No. That's fine. I really, I, I genuinely, I enjoy the first one, and I cannot tell if it is so bad it's good or just good. <laughs> it's one of those yeah. bizarre movies. Like it's just such a time capsule of that time. It really is. It absolutely is. I now I've been. I have to apologize to anyone who's going to be listening to the all thirty-one days because I will repeat myself in many different areas, but (laughs) I have this idea that I insist is correct, which is that Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed is a better first Scooby-Doo movie. Like, if you reverse the order, if you watch them in reverse order, I think it's a better viewing experience, in my opinion. Because the first movie is all about the gang, like, breaking up, but we hardly got to know them before they broke up. And the second movie, Monsters Unleashed, it it tells you more about the lore of the world you know it tells you that the gang's been at it for such a long time here are all the different villains that they've caught blah 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 and then if you go back after that and watch the first movie then it i think it makes a little bit more uh sense coherently i don't know that's my thought i i get what you're saying i could see that um at the same time i was trying to figure out the entire time i was watching scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed it's important to say the full title thank you (laughs) I was watching it the whole time trying to figure out what that magic was in the first one that I just couldn't find in the second one. I really, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I getcha. Yeah, I don't know. I think, because I I think the the thing that I always, um, I guess the thing that I didn't care for in the first movie, and not to say that I didn't like the first movie, I just prefer the second one, but like, the um, they immediately jump into the idea that the monsters are real, which is like kind of a cool idea for Scooby Doo. Um, Everyone but, always wanted to be the the monsters to be real anyway. I yeah, think they kind of knew that. Yeah, yeah, and and there there were animated movies at that point that are that had like uh, real monsters, and so I think there there was kind of that's the direction that I think the franchise was wanting to head in. But I think for me, the reason why I like the second one a little bit more is because it was like a better mystery to solve there was like an actual person to unmask and the clues were all all kind of out there in a, a better way not a perfect way but i think a little bit better but well here know. was the thing about the mystery here i didn't feel like it was as as much of a twist as the first one because that's true the guy that they were searching for they figured was obsessed with this jacobo guy right and the whole movie they're talking about this jacobo and then the twist is, it's Jacobo? It's Jacobo. <laughs> and like, and you knew Alicia Silverstone was involved because of that obvious scene where she's like sounding like him. And you can yeah. tell that they were probably going to do some sort of scream twist. You know, there's two of them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't feel like Scrappy Dude, genuinely, I don't think anyone expected it to be him yeah. at the end of the first one. You're not wrong. I, I, I would agree. I think, yeah, because, like, the fact that who would have thought, oh, yes, it's definitely Mondavarius or whatever his name is. And then, but it's a robot version with Scrappy inside. That's such, that's so out of, out of left field. It's incredible. That's so good. I love that that Scooby Doo has no regard for his nephew whatsoever. No. He's going to, he's going to leave him on the side of the road. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> 
It's so good. So good. And I love it. I, and I think, yeah, I... I but I I've, think the idea of Scooby-Doo 2 is a better yeah. idea. That the, fi- the fact that they're fighting a bunch of monsters that they already took on, or yeah. costumes that yeah, become right. the real monsters, from the actual cartoon. Like, that it's feels such... more in line with Scooby-Doo proper than demonic triangle thing stealing people's souls and Scrappy-Doo wants to sacrifice Scooby-Doo. Like, it it definitely was more of a departure in the first one than the second. Yeah, I think so. And kind of an interesting, like, the second one had the character of Patrick, who was really just thrown in there specifically to be a red herring, I feel. Like, a lot of his... You know, that fooled me for a little bit. A lot of his actions were never, like, fully explained, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to solve this mystery just the same as you. He just acts what, weird. What was he doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who acts like that? No one. And I'm like, okay, so he's going to be, like, his son or something That's, like that? That was what I thought. I thought it was going to be either Jacobo's son or even Wickle's son, because, like... Uh, <laughs> Old man Wickle's. Uh, yeah, because, well, they, the two of them hug at the end, which I feel like was just a funny moment, but I was like, oh, maybe there's maybe they're like a father-son thing, because even in the cartoon, Old Man Wickles was a museum curator, was and now Old Patrick... Old Man Wickles a character from the cartoon? Yeah, he was the Black Knight ghost. What? Yeah. Old Man Wickles. L- let me just say, I love mm-hmm. that in the Scooby-Doo movie, they have Puchinski in it, and uh, yeah. and I love that there is a bar... That is specifically for people who have been taken down by Mystery Incorporated. Yep. (laughs) Like, they have, like, bar games specifically to, like, beat them up or, or throw darts at them. That's right. Oh, and, and the fact that there are so many people who can fit under that umbrella in this one town is incredible. Like, that they need their own place to go hang out. It's just, I love it. That That is simply amazing. And also, I particularly have an appreciation for um, when the, uh, the Jacobo, uh, the guy who was teamed up with him when he shows up on top of the, uh, the building. Oh, Ned? Ned, was that his name? The cameraman? The, the camera guy, Ned. Okay. When he shows up and he goes, Mystery Incorporated. <laughs> yes. That delivery, I particularly appreciated. It's so good. I there's so many like little things that I I'm I'm starting to notice, and I'm, that's my favorite part about doing this podcast is all the fun stuff. But like when when the f- first kind of action happens at the museum at the beginning, a lightning bolt strikes the window and like shatters everything. But was that just coincidence? Like <laughs> yeah, what? Can like you control the weather? <laughs> yeah, because like the, he went to the museum to steal the 10,000 volt ghost costume. So it's not like he already had that electric ghost thing. <laughs> so like, how did, what? I, I'm curious about that. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I didn't think about that. I think because there was a lot to unpack here. Yeah, for so sure. I, I like. I'm glad that you're getting into these little details because it's it would be easy to miss them with all of the other random bullshit happening in this movie. <laughs> uh, the fact that the town is called Coolsville. Okay, that's canon though. So <laughs> I didn't know that. I watched the first one, and when when Velma says like she's talking about when they were younger or whatever, yeah. I have no idea yeah. what the timeline is supposed to be. By Nobody the way. does. No and, one does. <laughs> and she says Vel- or, uh, Daphne 
was the coolest girl in Coolsville. I mm-hmm. thought that was just vernacular. You know, she was just being like, you know, oh, using like a that's turn a of phrase. phrase. Oh, yeah. that's that's good. I actually like that. Was, <laughs> but then it was called Coolsville, and I'm like, what the? <laughs> that's so lame, though. <laughs> What's the lamest thing? It's ironic the fact that Coolsville is so lame. It's Coolsville is lame. They have celebrity detectives. They have a museum <laughs> dedicated to these. Detect like yes. anyone who has some scheme going on. They're like, I'm gonna dress up like a monster, and I'm gonna you know scare people off to get real estate or whatever they think that they're, they're gonna do at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then the celebrity detectives show up, who have apparently like a 100% success rate yeah, prior I guess to this, so. <laughs> and they just let them wander around, do whatever they're doing. Like no one like is like I should be worried about this. Yeah, and you know what else? Like, I I didn't notice this in, until this viewing, but v- almost all of them, at least, well, at least Fred and Shaggy are both wearing Mystery Incorporated branded clothing. So, like, they have their own clothing brand. Yeah, and, like, Daphne is wearing a shirt with herself on it. Is she really? During the, the first big fight scene with the uh, the knight, oh, she opens right. her jacket and her shirt has a picture of herself. Oh, my God. And it's labeled Daphne in, ca- in oh case my you God. <laughs> That's Is amazing. she selling those, too? <laughs> I think. Do they make all of their money from merchandise? That's interesting. Who does that? Who wears a shirt of themselves? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. I have no idea. That's that's incredible. And, man, because, like, I, there's always the big question about how they make money. And, like, in the lore, in most of the lore of Scooby-Doo, it's just that Daphne's super rich and, like, her family's super rich. So they, they can just oh, kind yeah. of do stuff. I do seem to recall that, like, being pretty prominent in, like, pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah, she had a butler and, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And like, but I, now I'm wondering if in this in this movie universe that they really do have like set up their own kind of like business where they're selling merchandise or maybe they're getting a I don't know if they're getting so, well they they donated the costumes to the museum so I guess they didn't make any money off of that. It is definitely know. merchandising because wh- otherwise be. what are they doing? Are they like charging the people they save? Yeah, th- that's never been their game in the in the show. So I don't know if they would change it there. I, f- I feel like it makes more sense in the show than in Scooby-Doo 2. Yeah. Because they have like a giant headquarters. Yeah. It's... And like, it's so ridiculous. And from the show, it always just kind of seemed like they were a bunch of nomads that like lived <laughs> in a van or something. That's correct. Yeah, they just went around traveling until, uh, well, there was one... Well, yeah, a pup named Scooby-Doo, they were all still in Coolsville. Um, but yeah, as, as like teenagers and uh, young adults, yeah, they were all just traveling the country or traveling the world even. So They just drove all over the world in their van, even across seas. Yes. Well, that's the fun part about the mystery machine is that it's very versatile. It can go, it can turn into like a raft or something. and uh, Maybe they sell toys of that as well, and they make up, you know, like the Scooby motorcycle or something, and they they got the action figures. Yes, they have to. Well, so speaking of, uh, there there were shots of the, like, establishing shots of their base, uh, their headquarters, 
that I I could not make out. It looked they looked like miniatures to me. Um, <laughs> and but like maybe I was just seeing things. Like so even like the the mystery machine just looked like a little Hot Wheels car, and I was like, wait, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was probably... I don't remember that shot, but it was probably better than a lot of the CGI in this. Ah. It it did not hold up too good. No. I will say the one that I I think is still good is the 10,000 volt ghost. I think that's fine. That looks good. Yeah. But then, like, the, the tar monster is just bad and for for how prominently they use that monster throughout the like the back half of the film it's just yeah, yeah it's not when good. uh when scooby and shaggy are surfing on trash can lids as you do yeah uh-huh uh not since escape from la have i seen such surfing realism <laughs> now what is that escape from la yeah i've never heard of that this is the escape from new york sequel Really? Yeah, you didn't hear about this movie? I had no earthly idea. It is terrible, but funny bad. Okay. Um, It's one of those sequels that's just like, they take the formula from the first one and just do the first movie again, but bad. Oh, man. Uh, But they have a sequence where uh, they're surfing on like a tidal wave (laughs) and the effects are, uh, you know, 1990-something effects. I can imagine. Oh, wow. I love it. Well, there, because there's, yeah, they they really. I don't know why they thought they could do all of the things that they could do in this movie. Because not only do you have <laughs> they all were the too ambitious, they, they were flew too, too close ambitious. to the sun. They really did. Not only do you have at least one fully CGI character before you even start writing the script, you know you're going to have <laughs> one. But then they they do a whole handful of different ghosts and then they also do other weird stuff where like shaggy turns into a woman and they have to do the face oh tracking oh my god that sequence goes on just short of forever <laughs> and like they had to turn scooby and shaggy into every single fetish apparently it was for the fan base you know <laughs> we waited long enough <laughs> it, was, it was the fan service everyone was asking for oh it was so <laughs> It was so strange. <laughs> oh, man. That was so bad. It, like the first movie, it felt like ten movies were happening. Yes, it really did. It just... it Because, like, as I keep watching it, I'm realizing that it's only 90 minutes long, but it feels way longer. Absolutely. Than that. It, I was like, when I... Because... The first time I sat down to watch it a couple days ago, I was like, oh, well, that's I was expecting it to be two hours long. That's fine. It's only like an hour and a half. That's awesome. That's that's great for me. And it felt like two and a half hours passed by. And I'm like, are we done yet? Oh, (laughs) we haven't even started. Like there was a point where I was just watching it today and it was like 40 minutes in. And I'm like, surely we're on the third act, right? And it's like, oh, nope, nope. We still have like 50 more minutes to go. Fantastic. Yeah, when, when they get to the point where they're at the cabin, you think like that's like, that would be something near the end. Like mm-hmm. they're they're down on their luck and then they're going to come back for the victory. But it, yeah. it's only like halfway through the movie. The yeah. structure is very strange. And there's like... It's broken up in like weird bits. Like there's a whole dance number at the faux ghost. That's just, oh my god! It doesn't need to be there. <laughs> as soon as they started leading up to it, like this dance number is going to happen. I was just thinking, oh no, oh no, not the disco dance number. <laughs> 
I, you know what I will say? I am appreciating all the stuff at the faux ghost a little bit more with each viewing. Because the last time, the last episode, uh, the previous guest pointed out, there's that whole weird exchange at the beginning between Velma and Patrick where they're talking about the how villains use pronouns differently. And like, if you pay attention at the faux ghost, they're doing that all the villains are written that way so that they use different pronouns is like they kind of so like they'll be like those that's the people what captured us instead of like who captured us like so it's kind of clever (laughs) and like this time around i noticed that because my one of one of the things i've been complaining about is that they never established the cotton candy ghost at all um, yeah, but they did at the faux ghost very briefly. There are there's like two people arguing about like a clown monster's way scarier than a cotton candy glob, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess that was them trying to establish it, but it was so subtle, I didn't pick up on it until right now. Oh yeah, you're getting all these details that I missed. So. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna know this movie in and out. You're but gonna like, catch every nuance. <laughs> but why didn't they establish any of these other ghosts instead of Chickenstein at the beginning? Because like they Velma was like even our most ridiculous ghosts like Chickenstein, and then Chickenstein <laughs> never Chickenstein never makes a comeback in any capacity. It's like you know what else is a ridiculous ghost that could have used establishing a cotton candy glob. How about that one? I like when the pterodactyl when they tie him up in the curtain. Yeah. And then the curtain falls and he's got his arms folded and yep. that look like say what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, incredible. Uh, just classic Scooby Doo. It's so good. Oh man, I have some I have some n- more notes so just yes. checking them. Um there's the part where uh there's the protesters mm-hmm. that are mad at uh at the scooby gang mm-hmm. and uh they've got a bunch of signs including uh i i really loved mystery stink <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> but some of them are just holding cutouts of fred's head they are i was like are those supposed to be like is there, are there like x's that i can't see on it but no it's just fred's head yeah like what did they pay for those are they giving them money with their merchandising yeah. To, like, protest them with, like, it didn't seem for or against. Yeah. That, maybe they shot it just in case there were, like, two other edits that they wanted to do. Like, maybe they're cheering, maybe they're rioting. I don't know. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> I don't know. Are they supporting them if it's Mystery Stink alongside them? Oh, that's true. You know what? Who knows? <laughs> <sighs> how, um, how long was everyone, like, all the people in the gang suffocating in the goo monster while scooby-doo is surfing around on ice hey goofing off first of all it was 2004 i think tony hawk's (laughs) pro skater was all the rage and game boy (laughs) and game and game boy of course you need that secret code at the end shit No, I loved, uh, I felt the same way. Cause like earlier they, they showed the tar monster, like suffocating random people in the street and like, there's no end to that. So did they all just die? Like what? I don't understand. They're, like too much time passes without oxygen for anyone to not be injured or dead. Yes. At that point. And like, you think Scooby like sees all of his friends 
suffocating. And he's like, right, I have time for this. And it's just <laughs> surfing around like, woohoo, good time. And like, you could have been a little speedier with he, this, Scoob. He saved Shaggy first and then was like, you know what? I got time for style points. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> favoritism. Blatant favoritism. <laughs> That's right. What an asshole that Scooby-Doo is. <laughs> But, like, it was, I was expecting him to, like, you know, classic Scooby-Doo stuff, For in order for him to get courage like that, he would need a Scooby snack. This movie <laughs> didn't have any Scooby snacks whatsoever. He was just like, well, all my friends are dying, that's the motivation I need, which is fine, but it's like, you also have this bit in the lore that establishes this is the thing that gives him courage, and they're just yeah. like, nah, never mind. What if, like, okay, he's scared, Right, and everyone's yes. dying, and you have mm-hmm. slow mo of like the goo, and oh no, like sad music. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, you see Shaggy's hand coming out of the goo, yes. holding a Scooby snack. Yes. Tosses it to Scoob, and slow motion catches it, and that's how. How he gets the courage. I would love that. And you know what else would make that even better? If it was established a little bit earlier. That, like, instead of the Girl Scout cookies that they buy, what if they bought <laughs> Scooby Snacks and he had just been carrying them around? It's like, aha, yeah. I got it. Because, like, Scooby Snacks in the universe is just, like, an actual brand of of food that you can just buy. So, like, I think that would work. Yeah. When they, uh, when they're in that, like, that basement and they've been captured and there's the Girl Scout there and she offers to sell them the cookies. Yeah. And then you pan over, and there's the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, have you heard the good news? <laughs> yeah, there's cookies. <laughs> That's almost like, uh, made up for that joke, but didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I was like, I it was it. almost funny. <laughs> I almost appreciated it. <laughs> oh man, I love. It. I, man, there's so much weird. Like the comedy's all over the place because some of it's like. You know, I keep commenting that there's there's too much fart humor, and Scooby Doo's never been about fart humor. They really upped the fart count in this they movie. They sure did, and I feel like the the one scene in the first movie where they were like farting extensively probably mm-hmm. equals the amount of time they're farting in this. Yeah, but the farts are more nonsense in this. They're just thrown in like he's scared farting or like getting hit farting or like they used farts to like take down that minor yeah there was a lot of farting velma's whole costume was all farty or whatever right Mm. yeah it's yeah like at least the first movie it was condensed to like one section kind of but yeah it uh. was one scene where like it kind of went ludicrously long into becoming funny for me Mm mm-hmm but in this one, it was obnoxious, like, pandering to kid farts. Yeah. You know, like, they just added it in because, like, there was a group of people that are like, what do kids like in these movies? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> there, was all, there was one nut shot, though, so I think, like, they had some restraint there. That's true. That was the, yeah, the Black Knight's weakness. <laughs> It was a nut shot. Of course. And like, but they, they laid it out like it was like some mathematical equation. Like, all right, so like eight <laughs> degrees north and like this. So his weakness must be here. <laughs> oh, oh, unbelievable. I will say, though, I I mean, I've, I've commented on the costuming and like the, the, the puppetry of some of the ghosts, the non-CGI ones. I think they're pretty good. The uh, minor 49er. Mm-hmm. That was... Uh, 
mostly a guy in a costume, wasn't it? Yeah. I feel like there was CGI added to it, but it was mostly prosthetics, and I thought that was one of the more successful looking ones. Yeah. You know, I think one of the reasons um, that this movie comes off as a better first movie to you is that some of the stories kind of go backwards, um, and they're repeating things from the first movie, and... They have yeah. things like um, Daphne is wondering what she contributes to the group. Is she just a pretty face? But this is right after we saw like an extended fight scene with her where she's just doing yes. the Buffy thing, basically. Yeah. And the conclusion to that is she has a fight scene. So, I mean, and well, like Scooby and Shaggy especially seem backwards from what they were in the first movie with their whole like they're not sure if they're real detectives or whatever and... And trying to be useful to the group. Yeah, it does feel like they're retreading ground that they already covered. Especially like, you know, the f- the first movie, the whole thing was like, the monsters are real this time. And then the second movie is, they still don't believe that monsters could be real this time. And yeah. so it still catches them off guard a little bit. And yeah, there's, yeah, the, like Daphne wondering what her part of the team is. And like, this is something that... Uh, Daphne does more in this movie than anyone else, I feel. So uh-huh. it's weird to her. It's weird to me that she would be the one being like, but I don't know what I contribute when not only is she fighting, but she's helping everyone with their own like personal problems. She's helping Velma out. She's like trying to make sure that Fred doesn't talk to the press and like ruin everything. And it's just like you're, <laughs> she's the one person who's like the most capable on the team. And they're just like, <laughs> they have to paint this picture as if she's not, even though we all have eyes and can see that, <laughs> you know? Ugh. Yeah, I felt like the acting, too, was better on that front. Yeah. Like, I don't think Sarah Michelle Gellar's a bad actress. Like, I loved Buffy, but, like, I felt in the first movie, it was it was a combination of, like, bad, stupid person writing mm-hmm. and, like, maybe not being comfortable with that kind of role yet. I felt like it was slightly different in this one in, in a way that was better. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, the, there's definitely a little bit more uh, uh, character development and, and maybe even, yeah, just in general, I think the world building and trying to get the team dynamic. And I mean, we get to flash. I mean, this is another thing that they kind of redo is both movies have like kind of flashbacks to earlier times when they yeah. <laughs> But this movie, it involves a Frisbee. And that comes back in the end with the control panel as they all throw oh. that around as a Frisbee. Do you see? Uh, it's clever. Set up and payoff. That's right. <laughs> I like when... um. When Shaggy and Scooby decide that they're going to be real detectives like everyone else, and they show up in, like, a mystery ink amalgam cosplay. Where did they get all this stuff? Again, it's for the fans, you know? It's it's stuff that we've waited for. I don't know. Yeah, well, obviously they have their own clothing line, as we've established. So I feel like... (laughs) I don't know. That's Yeah, that was so... Maybe they pay for things with, like, the Burger King product placements and all that. Oh, yeah. There was a... I mean, the amount of, like, KFC mentions was, like, out of this world. (laughs) Yeah, the product placement in this movie was hilarious. Like, nothing got better than that that Game Boy thing at the end. I know! (laughs) I didn't even know... I'd already, like, closed the video, and Phelan, I was watching it with him, and he, uh, he skims to the end... And I hear like, whoa, Game Boy code. I'm like, what? The, what? 
What? So good. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I just scrolled to the end out of curiosity. I was like, there can't possibly be like a post credit scene, though, right? And Samuel then Samuel like, Jackson shows up to recruit <laughs> Scooby Doo. You think you're the only dog that solves mysteries? <laughs> oh my god, it's incredible. <laughs> when they do that dance number at the end, why yes. are the villains there? Shouldn't they be in jail? You know, these are really great questions that I feel like the writers were like, you know what? It's the end of the movie. No one's gonna, no one's gonna pay attention. Well, I it think- wasn't really clear either if there was a real Alicia Silverstone in this universe. Like maybe that was yeah. her. Like you know, like he took her identity or something. Like the yeah, uh, like the uh, Rowan Atkinson character. Like maybe. She was off, like, kept in a in a cellar somewhere. <laughs> I th- if they did that, then I would be like, hold on, did you literally just, like, give the old script a slightly fresh coat of paint? Like, even <laughs> then, the writers would be like, this is a bridge too far. I feel like people will see through this one. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I felt like... Could, don't get me wrong. I love. I actually really enjoy the fact that it was a a person in a mask in a mask. Like that's so classic Scooby Doo. But <laughs> but if you're trying to make sense of it, I also I I like the idea that someone must have been the descendant of Jacobo instead of Jacobo himself. So whether that would have been Heather Jasper Howe, the reporter, or if it was Patrick or whatever, it would have made. A little bit more sense in that world, I think. They 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 were really trying to misdirect you with their with that because I thought it was Seth Green too because it, I wouldn't think like oh it's the obvious people, <laughs> but right. um, Seth Green they were really setting him up as the red herring and even to the point where when she finds that picture of Jacobo, he's with a young redheaded kid that kind of looks yeah. like Seth Green. So you think like oh maybe that's his son. And then he shows up in there. They never explain why he's in this little lair to begin with. They never do. I feel like there it has to be some some parts of the script that just got cut that would have explained that yes, he is the son of Jacobo. Or maybe somewhere. they filmed it a couple different ways, yeah. or they they did reshoots or something. Yeah. What if they did like the clue thing, where like there there were a couple different. <laughs> Uh, people who it could have been in the end, and uh, they were just like, uh, they depending like depending on the theater you went. Yeah, to, that would actually have been cool. Villain. I bet. Yeah, like that would have been cool. Or may- even if they just like, I bet they probably like test screened it. Like, what do you think of this twist? No, not great. All right, we'll get rid of the Patrick backstory then. <laughs> I don't know, but it feels like they were setting it up to be something. You know. Yeah, it was a little bit messy. That was my thoughts on this. Like, it it didn't feel as tight, and it feels weird to say this. Um, It it didn't feel as clever as the first Scooby-Doo movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Well, because, like... I I watched the la- or the first Scooby Doo movie uh, last year for a different podcast that my friend did, and the thing that I never caught back then when I was a kid watching is they tried to do this thing every Scooby Doo like episode or like movie or something will try to give you at least like three different suspects for who it could be, right? Yeah. Uh, in the first Scooby Doo movie, they had like Mondavarius and the other like i don't know bald guy whatever it's been a while since oh I've seen the that. the announcer from the wizard yeah <laughs> 
And then they also, just because they like kind of ran out of people who it could be, they just introduce this like voodoo guy who's like cooking chicken or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he was even part of it. And like, but they were just like, and I bet it could be that creepy voodoo guy. And but like, what his whole story is not even fleshed out. Like he's just. Does he just live there on the in the <laughs> on the amusement park? Like he, he lived on Spook Island. I guess he did. And that's it's. You know, I can't hate on him too much. He had one of my favorite lines that I still remember today, which is like, "Oh, you looking for clues? Here's a clue. Purple's a fall color. It's the middle of May." And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both movies I think probably are not very great whodunits. I think the only reason that the first movie worked for me is because Scrappy-Doo is a pre-established part of canon. So when it's revealed that it's him, it makes sense. At least, you know, what people thought of Scrappy-Doo at the time. Like, you're like, okay, of course, it's like, it's that annoying puppy and he's on a power trip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Uh, it makes sense. And, you know even props to them a little bit for for trying to throw in additional clues because like there are scenes if you watch it back where like Mondavarius is like scratching his ear like a dog sort of a thing oh um, okay yeah so it, it was just, I don't know, little tiny things like that where it's you'd have to know in order to be like oh i guess that is a clue but that's kind of neat yeah i want to know the backstory of uh the kids in scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed thank you who uh who show up when they're at the mansion on their bikes just to bully the celebrity detectives? Um, I can tell you the real life. Like, I, one of them was the director's son. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> but like, who who does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you stupid celebrity detective! You caught so many people. There's a bar dedicated to the people you caught, mm-hmm. but and oh, a whole museum dedicated to all your victories. How far they fall and how quickly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even little kids are like, "Hey, you suck!" And then Daphne's <laughs> classic response: "Hey, <laughs> shut up." <laughs> Do you think there was also, like, a falling out by, like, the dog fan base? The ones that were, like, hanging out and talking in subtitles? You think also they were let down by Scooby-Doo's failure to solve this case? Oh, I... Well, first of all, yes, and I want to know the backstory to that. But also, (laughs) have I just not had the subtitles on this whole time? Were there subtitles? Were they saying things? You didn't realize the dogs had subtitles? I had no... Netflix wasn't displaying anything for me. Mm, turn the subtitles on. Okay. The dogs are saying things. Okay. Uh, you, you will get great dialogue like, sign my bull and sniff my butt. Classic. I love it. I'm so, I, feel, I feel bad that I've missed out on such a crucial part of the story. <laughs> it's like with... Um, the the Star Trek movies, the original ones, when they have the Klingons talking, if you mm-hmm. don't have the subtitles on, you just don't know what they're saying. It, it seems like that's an oversight. You should just have those hard-coded in. Don't that's take them true. away. You get story parts that you miss, such as the dogs asking Scooby to sniff their butt. Yeah, it's it's so critical to understanding the plot. <laughs> I had a friend who watched one of the more recent apes movies i think it was probably like the war of the planet of the apes or whatever and he watched it without any subtitles and he because he just didn't know that like uh. 
<laughs> so like there were whole parts where he just had to like infer what was happening just based off of the body language and so that was it's fun. like it's like reliving the star wars holiday special all over again isn't it? <laughs> yeah just wookies growling and it's just like well i don't know what what's happening <laughs> I was just as confused watching parts of this movie as the <laughs> holiday special. I'm like, what am I watching? What is this? Why has he got an afro on? Why? <laughs> what is There's, happening? I, I, the thing that that continues to to bother me probably the most is just like the the weird song selections throughout this movie. Like they they just really I don't know because I know it was written by James Gunn and yeah. I th- that was strange. I didn't know James Gunn wrote these movies. So looking back on it, I'm like, oh, man, that's I, I, hilarious. I've heard interviews where he writes scripts and is like very adamant about the music choice. Uh, and like, so he'll like write to very specific songs and be like, this has to be here and I won't budge on that. So I'm wondering if that also applied to this movie where he would say like, yes, when Shaggy goes into the record player, it has to be, I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> I will not budge on that joke. <laughs> when Scooby is disguised as a as an elderly woman at the airport, Brick House has to play. <laughs> it has to. But you know what? That was uh, I didn't know that about James Gunn. But that explains a lot because um, the first movie I thought one of the strengths was the music choice. It is very much a time capsule of early two thousands yeah. in a good way. And I don't say that often about early 2000s, because that could be a really bad time to have a time capsule of. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but they had great music, and it was fun. And I think if they didn't have that, it wouldn't be nearly as good as, as I found it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of the same way. Like, the yeah. music choices were all really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I guess mean, not really. I don't really know what hit with this one. <laughs> I don't know what happened with Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. I just don't know what happened. It was all over the place. They had what? Like, what? What, uh, what songs would you include if you oh, had your choice? What would be the perfect Scooby Doo song? The perfect Scooby Doo song. Well, we need. Who, who's the band that always plays? Is it like Simple Plan or something like that? That like always does all the Scooby Doo stuff. The band that did the What's New Scooby Doo theme song and yes, it, like Scooby's turning point when everyone's all sad. He's listening to Simple Plan. How could did this, this happen, happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. If anyone wants to do a recut of this movie with only Simple Plan songs, <laughs> I will dedicate to watching that as one of my 31 days. <laughs> Didn't Simple Plan do some song about, like, dating an alien or something? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's that perfect. would fit in perfect. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> I, if Who Let the Dogs Out had come out by this point and it wasn't used, I'd, I'd be shocked. That's, I wish that they'd use that. I. That's so weird, because I... I I've I have like a weird memory where they did use it with some Scooby Doo thing, but I must be just projecting that. I mean, I it could know. have been. I'd be surprised if it wasn't used in some Scooby Doo property. But, yeah, uh, because there were two other additional live action movies after this that were made for TV. And well, I'd I'd bet money it's in one of those. It's gotta be. It's gotta <laughs> if they could be. afford it anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were on Cartoon Network, so <laughs> who knows at that point? Oh man. Yeah, because like I think even those movies I think were supposed to be or they were supposed to be prequels, but I don't uh, I don't think if anyone considers them canon to this universe, 
So it's the whole, the whole franchise is a mess. <laughs> Scooby Doo is a very complicated cinematic universe. It's, yeah, the cinematic universe. <laughs> I feel they should have had a uh, a Mountain Dew product yeah. placement, right? <sighs> That's the perfect marriage. They would have been great. <laughs> like Scooby's surfing on the ice. And then grabs a Mountain Dew to wash down his Scooby snacks as mm. he's going to take down the monsters. Yeah, because when he's when he's going down the mountainside, he's literally a Mountain Dew. <laughs> that was their moment, and they failed. That was the, they could have had so much ad money with that. They, they had everything at their disposal, and they mm-hmm. threw it all away. They couldn't do it. They couldn't commit. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it does remind me of, my, of my, what I think is my favorite joke from the first movie, which is the Melvin do in his whole yeah. thing. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, Melvin do? And I looked it up on IMDb. Sure enough, that's his credit. Melvin do. Melvin and I'm like, do. Who is this? I have so many questions. <laughs> is he related to them? Who is this man? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a one off joke. And then they bring it back in the end where. <laughs> I guess Scrappy's like, where are you, Do? And it's like, Melvin Do. Uh. <laughs> Wait, was Melvin Do in a previous part of the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was at the, uh, at one point they were just like, we have a phone call for a Mr. Do. And he's like, Melvin Do? No, well, I totally, <laughs> I totally missed that. <laughs> I was just at the end. They're like, Melvin Do? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was so confused. Oh, man. <laughs> It makes a little more sense, but... mm. I wish I didn't tell you that. I wish you would have went (laughs) the rest of your life not knowing. Uh. (laughs) Melvin Dew. Incredible. Scooby-Doo movies were too good for this world. They really are. And I really hope they continue to be for another 20-something days. Because that's (laughs) what I have to do. (laughs) I I gotta tell you, it was difficult for me to watch this once. That's, I don't envy you watching it 31 times. <laughs> I my, my previous guest was like, look, dude, I had to break this up into chunks. This is not an easy <laughs> movie to watch. <sighs> oh, man. I, well, thank thank yeah. you for giving me this experience, yes. though. I don't think I'll ever re- rewatch this movie. No. But I'm glad I finally got to see what happened to the Scooby gang. Yes. Thank you for, for being on and giving all of your thoughts. It's very, uh, it's, it's very entertaining, and I had a ton of fun talking about it with you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It was fun talking to you. Yeah. The Scooby-Doo aficionado. That's right. That's me. Uh, <laughs> so where can people find you online if they want to uh, hear more of what you have to say about movies? Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash movie nights the series. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ton of great videos. I was actually watching a bunch of them uh, earlier today just in preparation. I'm watching your Superman reviews, uh, which are very fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with those. I, I've never seen them prior to doing these videos, so I thought <laughs> it would be interesting to take a look at it from my perspective. <laughs> it's it's very funny. Um, but yes, go check that out. We'll have links in the show notes or wherever. I don't even know how I'm going to be promoting this podcast other than like iTunes and whatnot. Um, but if there are other things, I'll let you know in future episodes. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of riding this out and we're going to see how it goes. But either way, uh 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are also participating in this weird self challenge that you absolutely don't have to do, um, let me know on uh, Twitter at Scott Nice Wonder. Let me know if there's any specific things that you want me to talk about, uh, how your experience is going. It's a fun time. Um, And uh, ultimately, and I'm sharing this with everybody, the ultimate goal of this uh, podcast is to have somebody, anybody, literally any human who has worked on this movie to come on. It doesn't, I don't care who it is. Uh, I just want, if you're like somebody's assistant, let me know. If you are someone who'd like worked on stunts, yes, please. I want to know all the juicy details. Uh, I mean, clearly an actor or, you know, anyone i want i want to hear your thoughts and your experience so if you know anyone or if you are that person send them uh this way or yourself send yourself this way i don't know um but yeah thank you guys so much for uh listening and we'll see you tomorrow for another another one of these (laughs) um oh i forgot to tell you this at the beginning uh but I, I, someone suggested that we end every episode by having the guest and myself give our best Scooby Dooby Doo <laughs> if you're up for it. <laughs> you just try and stop me. All right, here we go. Scooby Dooby Doo! Dooby Dooby Doo!